I'm not ashamed of anything I went through because my test is just a testimony. And someone else is going to hear this or see this and say, I was feeling the same way. I felt that imposter syndrome. I didn't feel good enough. I was older. I went back to school at 30 and I never set foot on UCLA campus until I became a student. I didn't even know, I'll be honest, keep it 100. I didn't even know where the hell UCLA was. Hey family, welcome back. You are tuned into another episode of Create with Kendra, a place where you can be inspired, challenged, and changed. Every single week, we make room to acknowledge Black entrepreneurs, businessmen, and women for doing what they do absolutely best. And this week's Black business is bagging J's and degrees. This nonprofit organization was founded by Miss Julie Doris. BJND was founded on the principles of being your authentic self in any space, specifically in academia, while transferring material things into education. Bagging J's and Degrees provides girls from underserved communities access to resources, skills, and education, and that are not accessible within their communities. For more information on Bagging J's and Degrees, you can visit them on Facebook. Y'all. We have a very special guest in the house, the virtual house today. We have the founder and CEO of Bag and Jays in Degrees, Miss Juliet Doris. Welcome, Queen. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I'm excited honored. to have you. So excited to have you. Now, people, y'all who are listening, you are in for a treat. We have someone on here that is absolutely special, and I just feel in my spirit we're going to have a great time today. So how are you feeling today? Yes. I'm excited, and it's so funny because I'm nervous because I'm really nervous, but even though it's just you and I, I'm excited, though. Like, I'm here for it all. I'm absolutely. Well, we are here with you, okay? So um, first, I just want to say that I'm glad to have you on, and the Create with Kendra community knows that you are our very first guest. So that is special to our show. Um, truly, yes, truly, you are yes. a very powerful and mighty woman. And you have accomplished Thanks. so many things in your life. And um, I know before we got on this episode, you shared a lot with me on all the things that you've been through, how you've gotten to these places. And I just really believe that your testimony is going to definitely bless a lot of people and give them that that extra push, that extra fire that we need to get through what we need yeah. to get through, right? Yeah. So yes, outside of all of your accolades, um, who are you as a woman? Who am I as a woman? I feel I am a multifaceted woman. I am a mother, teacher, nurturer, protector, provider, social justice advocate, educational bully. Yes, like so much. I'm so many things and I am not what people think and I'm more than they expect. That's who I am. Now this educational bully, what is this hashtag ed educational bully? What is that about? 
educational bullet because I'm all for um, promoting higher education. That was my out. And mm-hmm. I understand the importance of higher education, although I understand that it's not for everyone and it's really difficult. But like I said before, because I know my purpose now, I understand that it was God's mercy and grace that got me through undergrad, grad school, even obtaining my AA because it's so much bigger than me because represent, representation matters. So it's important for young black girls to see young women like myself, like yourself in positions and in, in institutions such as UCLA, what they call the R1 institution. So educational bully, like if you're gonna sell hair, be the best. If you're gonna be a janitor, be the best. Make sure that you multiply your money more than you subtract it. And then make sure you add it more than you divide it. Be the best at whatever you do, whatever you want to do. So I'm not just pushing just higher education, whatever it is. If you're going to get a trade, make sure that you're the damn best at whatever it is that you put your mind to, whatever it is that you want to do. So I'm open. When I say educate, it's not just school per se. It's in whatever realm that you're interested in, whatever field that you're interested in. If I can help connect the dots for you, then that's what I'm going to do. So that's why I'm going to say I'm an educational bully. Okay, moving stuff around the way you want to move it around. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. That's power. That is power. Um, we talk, um, you, you mentioned that how um, you started off in, in, in your academic journey. Can you take us through what that looked like for you? Academic journey, it was very interesting and it was very trying. What it looked like was going back to school after having three kids, re-entering into community college, um, trying to figure it out, not not understanding um, being IGETC certified, not understanding transferable and non-transferable units, going back in blind, um, getting academically dismissed because my GPA the first quarter was a 0.01. Um, having to petition um, to West LA so they would allow me to um, re-enroll in classes and try it again. So they would allow me to um, apply for financial aid. So going back on that, that's a two-year program. It took me 12 years off and on to complete that. Um, Not even thinking that I am smart enough while I was at West LA, maintaining a 3% GPA, to even attend an R1 institution, let alone a UC. Didn't even know what a UC was. Didn't know the difference between a UC and, um, and a Cal State. Right. So just trying to figure it out until, you know, but when you're ready, they say when the student's ready, the teacher will appear and the teacher comes in many shapes and forms. And so he came in the form of my mentor asking me, what's going on with you? Give me your transcripts. And upon pulling my transcripts, he was like, you have good grades. Why don't you apply to UC? And I'm like, cause I'm not, cause I'm going to a Cal state because that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and that was just my defense mechanism. I said it like that too. So ratchet, but I love her. She lives in me. Okay. Um, we need a little sprinkle of ratchet every now and then get us you through. You need that. You yes. need, I'm an edgy ratchet. I'm educated and I'm ratchet. I am an edgy ratchet and I embrace her. Come she on, lives. edgy ratchet. Ain't all right. <laughs> Edge of ratchet. I love it. We gotta shy away from negative things like that's ghetto, negative kind of like that's ghetto. That's where I come from. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. So what I do is take these words and you give it power in a positive way. So I'm an edge of ratchet. So I was like, okay. He um informed me about a UC. I applied. I'm like, okay, got in. 
even with that being said, though, for everyone out there that's still in the community college, that's still struggling, do not give up and do not take your math and English in the last quarter. Everyone knows you shouldn't do it. But what did I do? I took math in the last quarter, statistics, failed. <laughs> Look, me too. Failed. Last quarter. <laughs> right? UCLA rescinded admissions, rescinded housing, everything. Wow. I had to petition. I had to um, petition and take stats concurrently with TSP. Can you imagine with three kids? I want to so, pause. What ahead. Can we pause right mm-hmm. there? Taking, I mean, like, just imagining me i don't have any children i'm a super auntie that's my lane right now you know um but i could not imagine having three children and going to a research one institution Mm, when it comes i mean Mm. he does it every time i i I want Mm. you to i want you to talk about that let's stay right there for a moment what were Mm. I mean, as as rosy and lovely as your life may seem now with all your all your degrees, your nonprofit, there were some things that that came as a challenge to you. So I want you to tell us about where did doubt meet you and how you were able to turn it around. Doubt met me when UCLA rescinded that admission. I was um, at the end. It was the end of my relationship. So that was my out. I was going to, um, I was accepted into family housing. I've got, I was accepted into UCLA. So the relationship had come to an end. And so I was out, I was moving. I was ready to go. Doubt met me when I received that grade and I was like, okay, I have to submit it. And they were like, we, um, regret informing that we have to rescind your admission. That was it. I felt, I went into depression. Um, I felt defeated. Um, not only just regular depression, but suffering from postpartum depression too. Because my children, my last two are 15 months apart. They were young at that time. Mm. And um, I was just like, I just can't do this. This is just like, I'm, I guess I'm going to be stuck in this relationship. I'm going to be stuck here. I'm, you know, I'm not supposed to go to school. This is what my life is going to look like. I'm supposed to be a mom, just stay at home mom. And um, I met my mentor, Casey Hunter. He was an admissions officer at that time at UCLA. He was like, no, we're going to appeal this and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to attend UCLA. And I'm like, no, I'm not. But okay. <laughs> so we completed, we um, submitted my appeal. Um, they accepted it. And it was so messed up because the person who received my appeal was like, now Juliet has to get a B plus on her midterm and a B plus in the class. Mm-hmm. I'm like, didn't she see that D? Didn't you see that D? D stands for I don't understand it. (laughs) D didn't sound. Yeah, it's like I was in class for 16 weeks. I went to every tutor and section session he had, everything. And it just did not calculate in my head, these formulas. So that was like, here we go again. So, all right, I'm going to get this B plus and this B. Went ahead and rolled into UCLA Extension. That cost me $700 between the class and the book. Enrolled into TSP, the transfer summer program. That's a six, it's an 11 week. It's really 11 weeks, right? Our quarters are 11 weeks, mm-hmm. but it's condensed into six weeks. Mm-hmm. It's accelerated to help you get acclimated to school. Yeah. Coming from a JC to a, to a university, R1 institution. And it's so funny. So I was doing that concurrently and I was stressed out. I was stressed out because when I started TSP, I was in the middle of midterms for stats. And um, 
luckily wants to get AAP. I love UCLA because there's some pretty dope people at AAP. Yes. I thought like they pulled your girl through. And Dr. Hamilton, he was like, um, I came into his office week three and I just stood at his door. He was like, what the F you want, Juliet? And I was standing there trying to hold back tears because I was going to tell him I'm quitting. I'm quitting UCLA because I'm quitting this program because if I don't pass stats, where, where are you going to put these grades? Whose transcripts are these going on? Yeah. And so I walked into his office. He looked at me and he was like, what do you want? And I was like, uh, he says, you're not quitting. He got me a laptop and a tutor. Mm-hmm. And when I say I was able to make it through and I passed with my B plus and my B. And um, as I circle back real quick to AAP, some dope people that I said helped me. But it's so funny. They were like, just giving me background information that they had on me. They were like, we are, we really get resilient because we were like, she's not going to make it. She has three kids and she's doing stats and CSP. Oh, she's not going to make it. Oh no, she's not. We're going to give her everything she needs, but she's not going to make it. Okay. Um, let me ask you this. Being a, being a full-time student, being a full-time mom, what were the stereotypes you were faced with? And how did people use those things against you? Stereotypes, being too old, like what is, what am I doing here? Just the judgment. When I would wear anything with UCLA, it would be like, oh, are you a fan? Oh, I got that. Am I a fan? Oh, my daughter's birthday. We were in the Ralph's. We were in the grocery store. And she was like, mom, can I get some balloons for my birthday to have UCLA? I'm like, sure. And the cashier was like, oh, you guys are fans? And I'm like, no, a little short flex. I'm a student. Ah. Oh, oh, you go to UCLA? Let me yes. grab my fan. Um, ex- am I a fan? It's getting hot. That's the only fan. UCLA with extension? You this is the only extension? fan. Did she ask for the extension? One person was like, oh, I said I go to UCLA. They're like, oh, extension? Like you were like, like no, the, the bootleg one. student of UC? Yes, that's what I encountered from people, from our people. It was like, I was never a student first. I was never asked, was I a student? It was always, am I a fan? Or, and it's like, especially people from USC, like the only affiliation y'all got with USC is that y'all live in a hood. Your mama don't own no houses and y'all don't pay no property tax. My affiliation with UCLA is that I am a student there. So I dealt with that and it made me feel the way. Initially, it was like, it made me not even want to just say I attended UCLA because it was like, here I am in this prestigious university, but I am carrying shame and guilt because I'm here and maybe they didn't make it wow. or I don't belong here. So I let their thoughts get into my head. Like, mm, maybe I shouldn't wear so much UCLA gear and whatnot. But um, I think it was like after the first year, I really found my voice and I learned about what a social justice advocate was. Mm-hmm. And I, re- I, I was informed that that's who I was even before I knew the title of it. Mm-hmm. So I just took that. And I took it and I ran with it to say, you know, I belong here. My kids belong here. These people that are walking their dogs and they don't pay a damn nickel for tuition, all this privilege that I see on campus, I'm paying tuition to live here. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, to live in family housing, to go to this institution, and then the fact that my kids can navigate their way on UCLA's campus, like we belong here and representation matters. We're only, what, even 3%? But, yeah, and and as I got my grades and I looked, that proved to me that I'm doing the work. I've done the work. I didn't screw my way into UCLA. I earned my way into UCLA. So with that, that's how I figured out my success. And as I was continuing to make it, and I maintained over 3.5 GPA with three kids as a single parent. I earned my way here. I belong here. Right. It was a fight, but that's what happened. And you know what I love, though? 
I love how God puts us in positions that we would have never thought in a million years we would be there. Um, for me, I'm a first generation college student. When first generation. I exactly right so when i when i started community college i had no idea what i was doing didn't know how to apply for fafsa didn't know what classes i needed to take i had no idea what i was doing i had to learn how to become a student and i appreciate the fact that even though i had no idea what i was doing god walked me through it step by step hand in hand crying or not you going to get through this class you don't understand it or not, I'm going to pull you through this. And so when it was time for me to apply, UCLA honestly was a fluke, like in my mind, but it was definitely ordained by God because I applied because I had a, a free application. Okay. Let me just, <laughs> let, me just let me just do this. Right. <laughs> the let's, waiver. let's just tell it. Let's just right, do it. Right. Okay. A whole free application. And so when UCLA's, um, and you know, the acceptance letters came out, people around the community college was, you know, celebrating or crying or whatever the case is. And I was like, well, I applied too. So I took my laptop and I, I, I sat in the corner and I turned the, the light down on my laptop just in case it said denied. Mm. But when I seen acceptance mm. through the shadow, I had to turn that, crank that thing up. And I looked at it and I said, oh, my gosh, I belong here. I did this. Like you said, I did not, I did not, you know, I did it the right way. I didn't buy my way in. I didn't beg my way in. What is for you is for you. Nothing, nothing. And that's what people don't realize. What's for you is for you. But you don't understand that in the midst of it. Like when you ask me where doubt met me, doubt met me on campus. Doubt met me when they, when my friends called me and told me that the decisions were out. And I was in the South Bay Galleria getting me a Wetzel Pretzel two for five. I remember. And David Grace called me and was like, Juliet, two for five. I love them. And he was like, decisions are in. And I was like, okay. And it took me 45 minutes before I even went to open up the portal because I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not. I didn't get in. I'm like, let me just finish. Let me not be sad. Let me eat my pretzels. Let me finish shopping. And I don't want to be sad. And so doubt is always there, but it's not about the doubt. It's how you combat that. Um, I always prided myself on not being a welfare recipient. You know, I had my first child at 17 years old. I've never, I've never received public assistance, government assistance. I prided myself on that. I found myself applying for welfare at UCLA, at an R1 institution. And so with that, because I've always prided myself on not being a stereotype. But when I slow down and think about it, I embrace it. I was like, girl, you are the stereotype. You have three kids. You have two baby daddies. You are not married. You are uneducated. Hello, stereotype. Okay. You know what? That's cool. But I'm combat that. I'm going to combat being marginalized by pursuing higher education. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that's who I was, but that's not who I am. Welfare is a tool. I, re- I received public aid, CalFresh for five years. It was a tool for me to get to the next level. And I use that tool. Some people don't understand it's a tool and they turn it into a crutch. It is a tool because you, it's limited. For five years, they assisted me with books, transportation, whatever I needed because I was able to make the grades too. You still have to keep a certain GPA, even with receiving welfare. So I share that because a lot of people don't know that. And a lot of people are ashamed. I'm not ashamed of anything I went through because my test is just a testimony and someone else is going to hear this or see this and say, I was feeling the same way. I felt that imposter syndrome. I didn't feel good enough. I was older. I went back to school at 30 and I never set foot on UCLA campus until I became a student. I didn't even know, I'll be honest, 
keep it 100. I didn't even know where the hell UCLA was. I never set foot until I became a student on that campus. Yeah. So when you talk about God, it's already written. We just hope that we get to live long yes. enough so we can see it come into fruition. But whatever's for us is for us. And when you ask God to order your footsteps, you ask him to order them, but you got to be willing to walk up to them. Girl, and then with that being said, too, if you want to fly, you got to let go of shit that weighs you down. And sometimes that shit comes in a form of a form of people, people, family, friends. But what happens is we get distracted, right? Because we give people these titles and with titles come weight and come responsibility. That's my mom. That's my sister. That's my brother. That's my friend. When you accept, when you place these titles on people, titles allow you to accept undesirable behavior. So what I do is say, remove the titles and assess the behavior. Now, if that was a regular person in the street, how would you deal with them? So even if it's my mom, sister, or kid, my, my, my goals and my journey, I cannot allow anybody to hinder that. And they're not going to understand why I can't hang out because I'm writing this 15 page paper because I can't write the first 10,000 words that come into my head and turn it into my professor. Why Juliet can't hang out? Why Juliet's not in a relationship? Because School was a non-negotiable. People need to understand that. Yeah. Non-negotiable means there's nothing besides God coming down and tapping me on my shoulder saying, child, do that. That was going to stop me from doing what I needed to do to better myself. A lot of people say I'm doing this for my kids. I didn't do that for my kids. All this that you see on the wall, I just didn't write air damn paper. They wasn't shooting Come me on in the degrees, gym at all. all them degrees. I did it for me and my children write my coattail and they benefit from what I've done. And I hope that they see what I've done. And I'm able to lead by example and that they say my mother went back to school at 30 as a single parent with three kids. I tell my son all the time, you know, you can do it at 17, 18 with no kids. But he did take what I did and he looked at it and he emulated that because my son that I had at 17, I was a teenage mom. Mm -hmm. He um, he my Zoom, I'm sorry. He um, attended as well. Um, Melvin Knox, the third. He just graduated earning his bachelor's in June of 20. We're in 2020. He just graduated. Shout My out children's to Melvin. <laughs> went back to school. Gregory Arnold, at the age of 45, he went back and earned his bachelor in history and another bachelor's in African-American studies. He graduated in 19, and now he's in the Master of Social Work program like I was in at UCLA. He'll earn his MSW in 2021 of next year. So we're triple brewing. Triple brewing. Mm -hmm. Father, son, but when you see that, on now. you don't see me. You don't see it. <laughs> You don't see, you see the blue hair and the tattoos and piercings and you have preconce preconceived notions, but I was good enough and qualified, baby, before you even knew who I was. Amen. UCLA is a perk. UCLA is a perk. It's just a perk. That's Love not it. who I am. It's a part of my story. Love it. And as we wrap up, I just want to encourage somebody that is listening to this right now. Like it does not matter the labels that people put on you. It is what you do with them. You can become subject or you can rise above and walk all over them. It does not matter where you come from. It matters where you are headed. And if God before you, what, who can be against you? So as we wrap up, I just want to, I just want to applaud you. And I just want to just give you. you all the goodness and all the love and all the hugs. And you have been such a treasure. And everyone that is listening to this episode right now, I know they are feeling the chills <laughs> just like I am because you are powerful and powerful women like this need to be heard. And let me tell you something, Miss Juliet Doris. Yes, ma'am. This will not be the last time <laughs> you will be on this show. We are going to definitely bring you back and have some more conversation. So, um, as we're wrapping up, what I like to do at the end of my show is I like to pray. 
I believe that prayer is always in order. Um, so with all hearts and minds clear, um, Father God, I just thank you so much for your goodness, your kindness, and your mercy. God, I thank you for what you are doing in our lives, God. God, I pray right now that everyone that is listening to this episode is highly encouraged, that has a passion and a fire that has been rekindled in their spirit. God, I'm praying right now for Miss Juliet. God, I thank you so much for her life. I thank you for the calling and the anointing that you have placed over her life, God. I'm praying for favor, oh God, over her life and her businesses and her education and her children. God, I pray that you allow her to soar even further than she could have even imagined. God, I'm praying right now for those hearts that are discouraged, that are lonely, that are experiencing heartache and experiencing imposter syndrome and having a hard time dealing with the cards that life has dealt them. God, I pray the spirit of peace. I pray that you give them confidence and that you speak to them and allow them to understand that with you, they have the authority to move things. God, I pray that you allow us to keep sending positive messages out into the world and that you be glorified in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Once Amen. again, once again, I just want to thank Miss Juliet Doris for gracing us. If you have any comments or questions, head on over to www.unassociated.com slash ask Kendra. If you want to reach out to Miss Juliet, can folks reach you somewhere? They can just hit me up on Instagram, Juliet Doors, J-U-L-I-E-T dot D-O-R-I-S. It's JulietDoors.msw on Instagram. So hit me up. But before we go, I want to um, ask, I want to thank um, Emmanuel for connecting us. I appreciate this. I thank you for your time. And I just want to tell everyone out there, like, you know, I don't have it all together. I don't have it all figured out. I go through highs and lows. You know, I've battled depression, anxiety, and um, we all may experience different forms of mental health, but it's okay. You're not crazy. There's nothing wrong with therapy. Yes, you can pray, but sometimes you need to talk Hello. to a professional Hello. and know that whatever God has for you in life, you won't miss it. What's for you is for you and no one can take it away. And remember, no means next. No means it's above their pay grade. So go to the next person. <laughs> Miss Juliet Doris, folks. All right, y'all. Until next time, beautiful people, be blessed.